conclusion inevitable. It was a jump to conclusions, Matt. My conclusion was that this idea was not a practical deterrent. My only conclusion can be that it was a Sith Lord. In conclusion... Welcome back to In Conclusion, the only movie podcast that replaces a fun down-home diner with a Mercedes-Benz dealership. I am Dan O'Keefe, and joining me as always is newly minted dog supervisor, Anna Otto. How are you, Anna? You know, Dan, I have significantly more scratches than normal because of the dogs, but I'm thriving. Good. 30, flirty, and thriving. Just kidding, I'm not 30, and that's not this movie. Speaking of flirty, 30, and dirty thriving, Alex, how are you, Alex? Oh, God, I'm not doing well. I feel physically sick. Alex has taken to the bed. That's how weak he is from this movie. It took all of his his physical strength. And that movie that we're talking about today is Blues Brothers 2000. Hey, Dan. Yes? Can I can I offer a motion? Can we talk about Fantasia 2000 instead? <laughs> I also love Fantasia 2000. The only thing I remember from Fantasia 2000 is the Rhapsody in Blue song. Great. <gasps> My favorite one. Yes. Yeah, and didn't Steve Martin do an interlude? Yes, he did. Yeah, of course he did. I yeah. just watched it like two weeks ago. Oh, perfect. So we can talk about that instead of this crap. No. So Fantasia 2000 released on August 14th. <laughs> Oh, 1999. <laughs> no, the movie we are talking about is Blues Brothers 2000, which was obviously released in 1998. <sighs> I was a strapping li- young three-year-old. Dan, you weren't. Were you? You weren't even born yet. I was one. Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry, I forgot. You. I got confused about whether or not you were a New Year's 1998 baby or a New Year's 1997 baby. Yeah, I will say. I read I read a review of this that the title is a third correct. Sure, they play the blues. There are no brothers. <laughs> and it does not take place in the 2000s. A third correct. Oh, my no, God. This movie very much takes place during the Clinton administration yes. and the economic circumstances that revolved around the Clinton administration. Can we also say, though, that this movie is really diverse and we applaud that? I was, like, shook about it. I I was like, sometimes I think that movies in the 90s and TV shows in the 90s were more diverse than they are today, which, like... I mean, the first one was also diverse, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's just because I've watched two Blues Brothers movies in a row now, but I was like, wow, was Dan Aykroyd woke? I mean, Dan Aykroyd (laughs) is woke, but he's also a crazy person. Yeah. yeah, I know that much. I've definitely heard them talk about him on several ghost shows that I listen to. So, Yeah, that man's kind of, uh, kind of doing his own thing. But at least he's woke, you know? He, he doesn't have to be right <laughs> about everything, just the important things. I guess. Put that on his epitaph. Dan Aykroyd, at least he was woke. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Blues Brothers 2000, directed by John Landis again. Written again by Dan Aykroyd and John Landis. Uh, No longer featuring John Belushi. He passed away before the release of this film. Also, 
in the opening credits when it said for John Belushi and a couple of other people, I think John Candy and I can't remember who the other person and Cap was. Cap Calloway. Oh, I was tearing up already as like they opened with that dedication and I. <sighs> okay. Yeah, the opening also made me cry like the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, Dan, you might want to just get into the opening. I'm diving right in. Okay, so <laughs> the movie opens up with Elwood being released from prison after serving 18 years, uh, and Alex immediately started crying. Not out of sadness or out of all, but out of, oh my God! Look. Am I correct? Yeah, look. You compare it to the original one, right? Like, it builds up, right? It builds up to this big grand moment where the gates open and Joliet Jake is standing, like, with a heavenly light behind him, and you get this awesome song, and... You don't have opening credits. It's just, you know, Jake and Elwood and the Blues Brothers. That's all you need. This takes its sweet-ass time, and it's not fun to watch. No, it's sad, though. You're getting you're getting the sadness. They're having that moment to RIP their friend, you know? But, like, they don't even say Jake's dead or anything. Like, literally, Frank Goss just walks out, puts his arm on Elwood, and Elwood just puts his head down. Like, okay. I guess that's just because, like... If we'd been, you know, with it in 1998 instead of literal infants, I think we would have been like, oh, this is sad because he literally just died. And now it's 2020 and we're like, yes, he, you know, like there was a death. But John, John Belushi, Belushi passed away. What? John Belushi did not just die. Yeah. He died two years after oh, yeah. the original He died in 82. Oops. <laughs> he's, been, he's been dead for a long while. Oh, Oopsie doodles, forgot that those <laughs> movies were that far apart. Ignore everything I just said, Dan. Once a podcast, I have to say something stupid. Otherwise, it didn't really happen. So, Oh, my God. He just died a whole high school career later. <laughs> That's still sad, okay? High school's a very formative time for a lot of people. Not me, apparently, but... Yeah, John Belushi was forming his skeleton in the grave. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, I just pulled up John Belushi's Wikipedia page to make sure that I was right, because I thought he died in 83, but it was 82. Mm-hmm. Um, his high school yearbook picture makes him look a lot like Ted Kennedy. Really? Um, yeah, on an unrelated note, I spent the morning after watching this movie looking up Ted Kennedy's electoral history. Um, do you know that his closest election was in 1994 when he faced off against Mitt Romney? Oh, now I do. Welcome back to the Blues Brothers 2000 slash Ted Kennedy Electoral History Podcast. Lord. Featuring jazz. So yeah, Elwood gets out of prison. Jake has died. He's picked up by a stripper in a sports car. And immediately I'm like, why? It's Erica Badu, right? The woman in the sports car? Yes, uh, isn't that the same woman that he meets at the club? That's her, right? Yes, it's Matara. So that's not, that's her her stripper name, or that's a real person? Matara's the character name. Okay, that's what I thought. Based on the confusion that we're already having about this movie, I think you can tell how much I really remember of it. And I watched it two hours ago. I'm literally <laughs> Googling it because you are no help. <laughs> Um, so, 
Matara picks him up in the sports car because his former drummer, Willie, wants to help him get back on his feet, which is always good. Uh, Willie owns a strip club now, um, which is already, I'm like, okay, that's nice. Why are we doing this? 20 minutes. They spend 20 minutes in the strip club. They spend so long (laughs) in the strip club. This is like they tried to remake the Blues Brothers. And they wrote a new script. And they were like, wow, we really hit on the same beats but in different locations. And then John Belushi is like, okay, now that I've written it, let's bring everybody back and call it a sequel and make it suck. Yeah. Well, it's not even different. I mean, it is different locations in the movie, but I guarantee you they had one small set that they just redressed. I'm telling you, the strip club, the Mercedes-Benz dealership, the call center, and the uh, the hall at the end, the like voodoo hall at the end, are mm-hmm. the same set. They are the <laughs> same set, just redressed. Hi. Okay, I'm back with an update. Matara oh, cool. is played by a woman named shan johnson okay and even though oh wait there she is nope erica badu plays um the voodoo queen at the end and i still suffer from not knowing what people look like thank you for coming to this podcast uh so as alex said we spend twenty dollars in the strip club but before we do that elwood goes to see sister mary who no longer runs the orphanage showing that everything that happened in the first Blues Brothers was for <laughs> naught because they don't have the orphanage anymore. <laughs> it's so bad. She's just yeah. working for the archdiocese. It'd be like that, though. And there's a, a foster child who is with them in the oh, archdiocese. No. Um, I think his name was Boomer. Buster. It was Buster, Buster, and I'm obsessed with him. He's so <laughs> cute. I know he's kind of a little you-know-what at the beginning, but as mm-hmm. the movie goes on, literally half of my notes are me going, yes, Buster, you're so freaking cute. I'm obsessed. Okay, we'll get back to that, though. I, I have normally... a different opinion. What do you mean you have a different opinion? He was busting moves. He was playing harmonica. He was literally so cute. Oh my God, he's, precious! He served, he served no purpose to the movie. He did absolutely he's, nothing. It was like instead of instead of um, Elwood having this is how I interpreted it. Instead of Elwood having a real brother, he had a, like a little brother, big brother, big brother, big sister situation going on, and I thought that that was adorable and sweet. I think John Landis and Dan Aykroyd realized they had a crappy script, so they decided to add a kid to make make people forget that it was a crappy script and just have cute wow well it worked i was fooled so (laughs) i'll say i normally think that kids are annoying in movies um but i thought he was fine yeah i thought the bronco was fine how how am i in in (laughs) the minority here (laughs) I'm not saying that he was the end-all, be-all of the movie. I'm not saying that he was the only good thing. I thought that he didn't detract from anything. He was kind of just like a net zero. I mean, that was kind of everybody in this movie. Everyone that's not Dan Aykroyd is just kind of there. Yeah. Wow, don't come for my boy John Goodman like that. You know he was just there. He did nothing. 
We'll get to that, too. I have opinions about his performance. Also, before we go on, can we just say that Dan Aykroyd lost his Chicago accent? Because, God, it's <laughs> awful in this it's one. It's so bad. Gage came out into the living room and goes, where does this movie take place? Wisconsin. And I was like, excuse me, no, that is a Chicago accent. And he's like, not really. And I was like, oh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he lost it in the, what, like 18 years? In between, yeah. 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 Well, I also have difficulty understanding Chicago accents, so maybe this was for the best. Really? You do? Yeah, I told. I think I told you this last time I went to Chicago yeah. for the Fall Out Boy concert. I talked to somebody while I was there, and they were telling me where to park, and Cassie had to translate for me because I could not understand what he was saying. I've never heard of like a, a Chicago accent difficulty. I I remember you telling that story last time, but I'm like, but also because I grew up, yeah, around them all the time. I was they just roll off the tongue for me. Meanwhile, if I hear somebody from like Tuscaloosa speaking, it's like they're actually just speaking molasses. Oh yeah, I mean there are certain accents. Well, like I also am of the firm belief that I don't have an accent, and I've been told that's not true. Times that that, I do. Yeah, no, that is completely untrue. Completely untrue. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, wow. I mean, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're lisp- living in blissful ignorance. But. <laughs> <I am. laughs> Anna, what do you put your groceries in? A bag. A what? These hands, Dan, square <laughs> up. <laughs> so back to the film. Yes. Uh, Sister Mary beats up Elwood whenever he swears oh, and all that. Uh, I a laughed. Nice reprise of the joke that worked much better in the first movie. I still um, laughed this time. I'll have you know. I went, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Thank you. They really got me, okay? I love a good classic joke repeat. Uh, Sister Mary tells Elwood that he actually has a like a, a soul brother, I would guess, because Cab Calloway has died. Um, R.I.P who played Curtis in the first movie, but Curtis had an affair with a married woman and she fathered a child. And Elwood saw Curtis as his... Wait, she fathered a child? She fathered a child. He mothered a child. You know, it's what happens sometimes. Yes. Things were different in the 90s or 2000. The two years between 98 and 2000. Yes. Time is a construct. So, and he has a soul brother now. And that soul brother is played by Miles Dyson from Terminator 2. I know that actor has a name. In my head, he's Miles Dyson from Terminator 2. He's not a very good actor. Let me just say that. I felt like he was the kind of actor that was like, if I'm yelling, I'm acting. But also, I got that vibe from a lot of the characters in this movie. Yeah. I felt like a lot of people were phoning it in. Like, even John Goodman at times, I was like, this isn't your best work, sir. Mm -hmm. Nobody nobody thought this movie was going to be good. I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Landis, when they were making this movie, thought it was going to flop. So I was like, then why make it? Yeah, that's a little silly. But, meh. Meh. Um, yeah, the, actually, I think that noise that we just make it completely encapsulates my opinions on this movie. Just a meh. 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 Oh, my, my, mine's more of a, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so Elwood goes to track down his soul brother, uh, who is a police sergeant. Drake and Josh. (laughs) (laughs) It was a police sergeant for the Illinois State Police, Um, not the Chicago Police Department, because they did not allow the usage of their logos in this movie (laughs) after what happened in the first Blues Brothers. Okay, side note. If he's a cop, you'd think he'd be smarter (laughs) than to carry $500 in cash in his wallet. Like, you're in a big city. You know that people's wallets get stolen all the time in big cities. I've never carried more than, well, I'm also, you know, a millennial slash cusp of Gen Z question mark? I don't know what I am. I'm young. I don't carry hardly any cash because I'm scared of, you know, getting mugged on a Tuesday at the dog park while I'm working. So you're scared a small a small child who is unneeded will pickpocket you. Yes. I'm scared of children, thank you. Hey, it was it was 1998 or 2000. It was a different time. We were oh. in the the Clinton economic boom. Yeah, well, I feel like a police officer would know better than to carry that much money in their wallet. But what do I know? So. So yeah, Elwood doesn't pickpocket him. He goes to, for five hundred dollars because he wants to buy a car, um, but instead, Bronco Boy Buster. Buster. His Buster. name is Buster, like the rabbit yeah. in. In Arthur. Buster Brown uh, steals his wallet. Um, and then his brother does not want to join the Blues Brothers. He instead throws him out of the building. Elwood goes to the car dealership and buys a used police car from... Alex, did you know who it was? B.B. King. Yes, B.B. King. He stood by him and he bought a police car. Thank you for coming, to this podcast, be sure to tip your waiters, because that was my only joke. <laughs> wow, Dan, you really killed it. You really killed it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wait, boy. Wait, do you think B.B. King sang Stand By Me? Did he not? Oh, That's boy. Ben E. King. That's Ben oh E. King? No! <laughs> <laughs> this is... Oh, man. Wrong King, bud. Oh, no. Let's see. At, at least I didn't think it was Martin Luther King. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I got the first initial right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just gonna go pass away now. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so when he he gets the car and then he goes to recruit the band back together, and this brings me to one of my main issues with the movie. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. For him to be doing all of this. The reason is fun, you guys. Obviously. But, like, they're not trying to save anything. There's, like, no end goal. It's fun. The Battle of the Bands plot only comes up in the third act of the movie because they're like, oh, we have the band back together now. Also, now what? Can we say the setup for... Because they first go to the Mercedes dealership, which is owned by Aretha and uh, McIntyre Murphy. Mm-hmm. Where Aretha right. gives another weak performance. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Sorry, but it is, it is far more weak than oh. Think. Mm-hmm. Oh, think yeah. Think isn't even weak. Think has power behind it. She just can't lip sync. She phoned. I mean, I love I, Respect is a classic song. We all know it. But she mm-hmm. really phoned in that lip sync. She was like, not. She was like step touching. 
She wasn't even yeah. doing the her backup. Her pips were really. I know she's not the one who had pips. That's Gladys Knight. We love Gladys Knight. But her metaphorical pips were the ones who were really uh, bringing the dance. You know what I'm saying? Can we just compare compare this scene to the Blues Brothers, the the original, the original, Macintyre Murphy and Aretha Franklin are in a fight, and she's like, "You better think about what you're saying. It makes sense." In this one, she's saying like, "You know, like." You know, I've been doing all this stuff for you. And McIntyre Murphy is agreeing with her. They are not fighting. She is, like, saying all this stuff. She, he is agreeing with her. And then she's like, you better show me some respect. I'm like, he is. He's agreeing with you. They're There's like, no Aretha, Aretha has been really, uh, has created banger after banger. We got to showcase her two greatest songs of all time. Her most famous song of all time. We got to find a way to put it into this group or to the show. Excuse me. And so they did. They did what it took. They puzzled it together. It was a reach. Yes. It was more than a reach. It was they literally all they needed to do was just have McIntyre Murphy start arguing with her. And they couldn't even do that. They threw it out. They were like, nah, we can't repeat that scene again. Let's and just it could have it could have been that he was agreeing and arguing with her if they really want to do that like i am respecting you you are oh, realizing that perfect there there's at least some reason for her to start yelling and maybe, singing not yelling, maybe she wanted to look like a tough lady in front of her friends you know let's take the trope of how men in shows are usually portrayed and take it and be like aretha we're gonna mix it up you're gonna be the one who's trying to look tough in front of your friends with all your couture bags and your designer clothes let's go but but then when the song ends she he's she's just like you can't go actually you're gonna be sad okay you can go yeah i did see that (laughs) i was like where did i put it um where is it i put something in here about i just want to say that i'm going to start referring to my friends as my metaphorical pips Yes. To use the, the lexicon that you just created, Anna. Oh, I think that's a great way to... Actually, my dad just uses it. that every time he sees like a singer with their backup dancer. He calls them their pips. So, you know. I don't know why, but it just sounds like you're saying something just awful about the backup dancing. But it's Gladys Knight and the pips. No, that's I, what they were called. I get it. I get it. But like, just like outside of that context, it's just like, whoa. Oh, I guess. Yeah, it kind of does that. sound like a slur or something. But nope, it's just a reference to Gladys Knight. It's because everyone's leaving on that midnight train. Oh, I love Midnight Train to Georgia. That's such a good song. Anyway, I can't find what I was trying to say about... A, oh. It says... When she finishes the song, and then she goes, "Ugh, if you're gonna be sad, just go." I put in my notes: no wife in the history of ever has changed her mind that fast. Because, <laughs> like the first one, she still didn't want McIntyre Murphy to go, but he was just like, "I'm going anyway." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Conflict, something. This, this one was just like, "Okay, bye." Yeah, she was like, "You can't go." Oh, you look sad. Go, I guess. That's literally how quick that turnaround was. There was no thought. There was no, like, I maybe she was like, I guess he'll go, and then I can go back to having some girl time with my friends and shop. Because and, she's, she's just rich. Like, she's not doing anything. She's just mm-hmm. taking the money and 
shop i mean my dream she's just taking the money and shopping all day with her friends oh she's probably having champagne and salad for lunch oh my god that sounds amazing (laughs) we did forget to mention that russians are chasing after them yes russians are chasing after them because elwood got them drunk or something and took their pants yeah uh also no russian in the history of ever has gotten drunk and passed out thank you that's they just (laughs) can tolerate it i also was a little confused with storylines because last night i don't know if you guys watched the umbrella academy on netflix um you should it's really good but gage and i were watching it and they are being chased by swedes so i was very confused at some points i was like wait no they're swedish and i was like wait no that's the wrong program anna so yeah i've never heard of villainous swedes before they're villainous time traveling swedes actually you should watch the show i love mad libs oh it was created by Gerard Way of um, My Chemical like romance. romance, so you should watch it. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, an issue that I have with the Mercedes-Benz scene is it kind of encapsulates another major flaw I see with the movie. There is such an air of affluence about this that was not in the first Blues Brothers. The first Blues Brothers, it was dirty it was grimy these were recently released convicts trying to work their way up from nothing they had a a crappy car that barely works and they have to go and make money for a good cause to save another failing institution that's honestly when i watched it with my roommate and that's exactly what he said he was like yeah like the cinematography in the original is like dirty and grimy and this is very like clean for some reason like Mm -hmm. even in the beginning when elwood walks out I'm like, his suit looks nice. That's not the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, what, that was one of the nicest looking strip clubs I've ever seen in my life. They I had a live say that. band. Because, you know, I frequent strip clubs, obviously. But, <laughs> I mean, nicest looking I've seen in movies and TV, I should say. Mm-hmm. It looked, Keep it up. It looked nice. We believe you, Anna. Thank you, because I definitely don't voice strip club commercials. <laughs> uh. And, and then in this one, they replaced the diner, the, the down-home diner, with a Mercedes-Benz dealership. They replaced the music shop with a sex call-in center. Oh, my God, that number. When we get to it, <laughs> I was dead. It's just so... It's just so, like, American beauty. Can I also say... um Going back to all the numbers we've seen and and uh, Elwood traveling with Buster and um, his name is Bronco. Bronco <laughs> and what was his name? Mike or Mike? Mac. Oh my God, Mac. Mac! I don't know why I said Mike. I knew it was Mac. Um, they used a big name actor for a role that I didn't feel had much purpose other than to bring joy to people like me who are weirdly obsessed with John Goodman. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna, Anna, you're gonna hate me right now. Don't say it. This, what is it? Oh my god, I need to hold on to something. Okay. This movie made uh, John Goodman have no charisma whatsoever. He is usually a very him. curious. This wasn't the John I know. This isn't the John that I woke up from getting my wisdom teeth removed talking about. Okay. <laughs> um, I I was like. There were some parts that I liked, but also it didn't feel like a character he would play. Like, Mac was so timid 
about mm-hmm. so many things and he just wanted to sing at the strip club like that was when they got the russians drunk and got rid of him that was the only his sole purpose was that he wanted to sing and so that's how they worked him into the band was they sang a number with the strippers but i just he i don't i look at john goodman here i am i'm picturing him right now i don't see a timid man you know i i see the cyclops in oh brother where art thou i see the father figure in the righteous gemstones which is on hbo and they're releasing a second season soon and it's really good very good uh yes and i see like you know like more of a tougher rough around the edges character this character was so timid i felt like it should not have been i didn't feel like it was a character i'd see in the blues brothers because john belushi was such a non-timid character does that make any sense i kind of rambled but uh anyway it does Okay, good. I was like, this yeah. is like when I used to talk in college, and I just talk and talk and talk and talk, and then I'd be like, I don't know if I just said anything that made sense. So, yeah, no. getting back to the plot, yes. the Elwood and Buster, they're at the strip club, they get uh, Mac to sing, and then the Russians shoot up the bar and burn it down, and they have a fun car chase, and I guess it's they crash. <sighs> And they do the Mercedes-Benz dealership. Why you sound so sad about it? I like all the scenes. <laughs> the strip club scenes were kind of fun. Okay. Even, even the police chase scenes were so boring. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't as much of an exciting chase as there was in the last one. Mm-hmm. They also, they go to a radio station, 103.7, oh which is God. headquartered in the Wrigley building, which uh, does not have a radio station inside of it. And is also not a real radio station in Chicago. 103.5 KISS FM. Oh, 103.7 is our KISS FM. Oh, would you look at that? Yeah, I entered there in college. Anna Otto, radio legend. Thank you, yes. Tis I. Host of many strip club commercials. Uh, And they pick up um, three other members of their band from the radio station. How did they all have successful radio careers? What is their secret? You know, like (laughs) in a major market, too. I guess it's probably because they're all men, but that's a whole separate issue. It was so like that whole scene. I was like, wait, did did they agree to go with them? Because it just ends. They just (laughs) show up and then it's like, oh, there they are. And then it's like, oh, they're with them. Okay. they just went off the air. If that happened, do you know how big of a deal it is when like local radio goes off the air it is chaos if somebody just (laughs) left and let them have dead air that's money being lost every second you're off the air so somebody is gonna have heads will roll you know i'm surprised that there wasn't a general manager following along in that police chase i would have i would have been like you cost me money you losers but you know that's the radio tea thank you oh boy (laughs) We're not even halfway through the movie. I know. Oh, okay. Uh. I That was one complaint I had is it did move a little slow. Uh, when I got to the Mercedes scene, I rolled my mouse to see what I was at. And it was like, you're 30 minutes in. And I went, excuse me? So. <laughs> Basically, okay. what happens is they, they keep going forward. They're being chased by the cops uh, because... There's Elwood's soul brother wants his $500 back and wants to put him in jail uh, because he's a recidivist, which they do mention in the movie. And I'm 
happy they do because recidivism is a real issue. Um, I actually don't think I know what that means. It, it is reincarceration. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Um, they come across a militia of uh, Confederates, neo Confederates, who are planning to bomb someplace with a boat. Post, uh, and because post offices, post offices with a boat. Um, Wait, we gotta go. We gotta go like two minutes before that. Okay, when they drive underwater. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that hey. I I chose to not even talk about that in my notes because I was like, this is I'm not, I don't do drugs, but I'm not high enough for this, and I moved on. Like, like, okay, the original one, the car was magic. We can all agree with that. But it was, like, based in reality, sort of. Mm-hmm. Like, the things it could do, a car could not do. Also, wasn't Buster in the trunk? Yes. yes. He would have drowned before they did. He should have been dead. Thank you. <laughs> that would have been a much better movie. Uh... <laughs> I'm horrified. Okay. Uh... <laughs> um, but this movie, they're just like, nah, the car is, like, magic magic like it's not based in reality at all and it just mm-hmm. it angered me it should anger you because it's stupid it's very dumb so they drive the car underwater and when they drive up they the car has incredible strength in its roof because it can lift an entire boat out of the water without Filled them realizing with explosives. yes uh and daryl hammond is the leader of these confederates uh, and he doesn't want his members to shoot at the boat, at the car, because, you know, there are explosives in the boat. And then nothing really happens, and then he tells them to shoot at the car, uh, which then causes the car to f- the boat to fly up and land directly on Daryl Hammond and explode. And, and, and please remember that a, a boat landed on Daryl Hammond and exploded. He should be dead. Alex, Wait, did he not die? No, he was at the end. He was? I wasn't paying that close attention. Yeah. Alex, what? The way you're gripping the mic shows me that you're really stressed out. I'm so stressed <laughs> out. This movie, I literally screamed when this movie was over. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> So the the band, they continue on their way. They get booked as a bluegrass band and perform the show anyway. They perform a bluegrass song, which I think is good. I like how the song goes. I like their performance. But as they do, the four horsemen of the apocalypse I, show up. <laughs> I had to pause the film because I was like, what? First of all, I was like, the skeleton horses and the skeleton cowboys are a whole mood that's like me my aesthetic mm-hmm. emo but make it country um but also why why i saw the clouds forming and i was like what fresh hell are they about to serve and it was that and i oh boy that I mean, scene was so will, weird to me i will say the puppets were pretty decent they were they the were yeah but like why? Uh, because this movie is a hell movie, and I hate it. <sighs> well, also, if those we are for- the four horsemen of the apocalypse, they're, like, 
my ideal Halloween decorations. We also skipped over the whole blues traveler scene that yes. didn't even have any blues brothers and it's just blues travelers jamming for no reason. Uh, Why'd they have to give us the runaround? Well, the f- <laughs> it was a surefire way to speed things up, but all it did was slow the movie down. Yeah, like, it's... Uh, the thing with the music in this is, like, a lot of it is in the background, mm-hmm. so you can't really enjoy it very well. They play the Perry Mason theme song when yeah. they're dropping the bodies off in the alleyway, and I'm like, I just want to be watching Perry Mason right now. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Well, Dan, I think they think most of the people who are watching it aren't going to be a thousand years old like you are. <laughs> Hey, the new Perry Mason that's on HBO is fantastic. I'll take your word for it. It's great. I like your, I I like your comb over, Anna. Thank you. It's because I'm sweaty. <laughs> Anna has been combing her not bangs, just like the hair from the side of her head. My baby hair Across her forehead. Yeah. And it looks like she works at a convenience store third shift Thank and is you. really trying to hide the fact that she went bald 15 years ago. I did, you know. And me and my Zumba church ladies, we were really going hard this morning, okay? And I, it's over Zoom, so it's in my sweaty apartment. Anyway. So, after they perform the show, they, again, evade capture from the cops. But then they end up at a tent revival. This Where James Brown is. This is a bad scene. This scene, first of all, I think they really just wanted to invite James Brown back, and this was the only way they could work him in. Look, I'm going to say real quick, I was expecting James Brown to look like Bones. He did not look that bad. No, his he hair, looked fine. His hair looked like a helmet, though. I was like, how much oh. hairspray do you think they use on that? I'm guessing it's a wig. How much hairspray? Oh, yeah. How much hairspray do you think they use to hold that baby in place? As many cans of Aquanet that they have. Oh, God, at least five. Like, the way he dances, he didn't really dance as much in this scene, but... Most he's, people didn't. Yeah, oh, some people were really getting down. I was like, I'm tired from watching this. Holy cow. Oh, I was exhausted. Everybody was leaving it on the dance floor. But, yeah, let's let's talk about what other craziness happened um what what, what would we use to describe the scene like i an ascendance yeah extremely stupid is that the sentence extremely stupid yeah and incredibly close oh my god (laughs) i would call it i would say maybe Man, I can't wait for extremely loud and incredibly close 2000. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, the prequel. <laughs> Set in 1998. Is Tom Hanks in that movie, or am I dumb? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Tom my Hanks God. and Christopher Plummer. Oh, wait. Yes, I do know who Christopher Plummer is. I was about to be like, I don't know who that is. Yes, I do. I've seen Sound of Music. Tom Hanks is like You know only- Christopher Plummer and his brother, Luigi. Get out of my face. I'm so upset. <laughs> Dan, you made up for your 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 Ben E. King, B.B. King joke. Oh, anyway, is he being, is this like, um, I don't even know. Dan, what happens in this scene? What happens in this scene is Miles Dyson from Terminator 2. He catches up with the, the blues band, the brothers. And- 
And he the Naked Brothers the spirit. band. Oh my god. We just watched Hereditary and I could not stop thinking about the Naked Brothers band. Okay. <laughs> and as he gets in there, he starts feeling the power in the blood. The Holy the, Spirit takes him over, right? Yeah, the sure. spirit in the blood and it takes him over. And not only does it take him over and does he have like an out of body experience. No, 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 no. God himself mm-hmm. Amen. starts to cause Miles Dyson from Terminator 2 to ascend. He goes through a hole that appears in this church revival tent and flies, arms extended as a Jesus figure, up into the sky where he goes, I feel the power in the blood, or whatever he says. I don't Something know that, in the blood. I don't know that that was God. It kind of looks like Tinkerbell pixie dust. <laughs> Disney magic. It was Walt Disney raising him to the skies. God, God's yeah. a huge Peter Pan stan. Oh, my God. And at the peak, right when he is, right by the camera... He changes from his outfit of the state police into a Blues Brothers outfit, like magic. Tinkerbell waves her little wand and goes, and now he becomes a Blues Brother, and he goes back down, and then when he lands, he does a gymnastics routine, but it's not Miles Dyson from Terminator 2's actor. It's a stuntman, because they had to show his face. And then he has a complete character shift and is with the Blues Brothers now. Oh, my God. Oh. They really rolled the word dice on that one, huh? Yes. They're like, what's the most simple way? Wait, just kidding. We're going to go for something really out there. Church revival. I Oh, boy. So I had never seen this movie before this morning because my life was better in the before times. <laughs> but the only thing that I knew about this, the only thing I remember is that our blockbuster they would have a TV oh where they would show random stuff. And one mm-hmm. time when we were in Blockbuster, I saw that scene of him like raising up into the air. And they and then it was like, get Blues Brothers 2000, now available on video and DVD. And I was like, no. <laughs> That's the why was, answer. <laughs> why was that the scene that they grabbed? I don't know. And that... then I got a Dragon Ball Z DVD and everything oh, was fine. Oh my God, nerd. I, <laughs> At Universal, they they would they would have clips of like their different movies in uh, when you were like eating and stuff in like restaurants, mm-hmm. and like they would show the call center scene, and I'm like, why are you proud of this? Why do it's you that... want people to go and watch this scene? It, I mean, it slaps. You know, again, I was dancing. I was dancing, but also, uh, you know, <laughs> nothing says. Fun times in the late 90s, like a dance number about a sex line. My name is Sarah. I'm a 36, 24, 36, said by an old biddy. Wow, that is <laughs> a real hourglass figure that you just gave. <laughs> that's the measurements that she gave. I know. That's like. Yeah, that, well, the that weight, is. What, you said the waist was like a 24. That's impossible. Your organs would be smushed. But 36, that's common. Bold of you to assume I have organs. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you had your stomach partially removed for um, for aesthetic purposes. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I say about this movie? No. Okay. Dan Aykroyd. This movie makes me realize why Dan Aykroyd is not the lead singer. Of yes. He really did not kill it with the vocals. You know no. who did, though? John Goodman. Thank you. End of podcast. Uh, 
if you listen to A Briefcase Full of Blues, one of the live albums of the Blues Brothers, there is one song that Elwood sings all of, and it's called Rubber Biscuit. And it's literally just him making stupid noises. And it's a great song, but it fits him because he doesn't can't sing. <laughs> I was looking at the Dan Aykroyd Wikipedia page. Yes. And... So this movie came out in February of 1998. Mm -hmm. Airing at that same time was a sitcom called Soul Man, starring Dan Aykroyd, that went from April 15th, 97 to May 26th, 1998. Do you want to know the premise of the film Soul Man? Um, yes. Mike Weber, played by Aykroyd, is a widowed Episcopal priest who must deal with his four children, his quirky parishioners in Royal Oak, Michigan, and a wet-behind-the-ears curate who happens to be the nephew of his bishop. The show co-stars Spencer Breslin. Oh, that guy. Abigail Breslin's brother. Oh, really? Yeah. So, never heard of him. at the same time that Dan Aykroyd was coming up with Blues Brothers 2K, he was also starring in a failed ABC sitcom. Oh. And... I think that that fits very well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Dan Aykroyd wasn't paid for this movie so they could keep the budget down. Really? He volunteered to do this? (laughs) Yeah. Well, they're hiring all these big-name stars, so yeah, that's going to pop the the old budget on up. But that's the thing. is like the cameos are perfect in the original one. They, They let them be their own thing. And then you get to this movie. And it's like, okay, we have a few cameos, and then we're just going to put everybody at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh. Let's get to the end. So uh, in the third act, they introduce a Battle of the Bands plot, which never came up beforehand. And they go and they go to the Battle of the Bands, but they have to convince the voodoo priestess. Who is actually to allow them... Erica Badu. Who is she? She's a singer. Okay. She doesn't she sing dated... at all in this movie. She dated Andre 3000, and he wrote a song about her mom, in case you were curious. Is that what Miss Jackson's about? Yes! (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I'm so proud of you for knowing. Yes, that is what Miss Jackson's about. Huh. That's neat. Mm -hmm. That's my fun fact for the day. We also get Paul Schaefer back because John Belushi died, so he was able to join the band again. (laughs) Oh, I thought that the reason that he couldn't have been in the first movie was a scheduling conflict. Uh, it might have been that, but I think also he did something that John Belushi didn't like, and he didn't want him in it anyway. Okay, because on the Wikipedia page for the movie, it says that he was committed to Gilda Radner's one-woman show at the time of the first one. Um, so yeah, they have to perform for a voodoo priestess who, uh, whose husband was for real and never meant to make her cry. Um, that was a Miss Jackson joke that I did not word correctly. (laughs) And they're like, oh, we don't perform Caribbean music. So then she forces them to perform Caribbean music. And I don't know what that is, but it's not Caribbean music. No. No, they they become literal zombies. They turn green and get forced to perform. And what the song's fine. I don't know. And then she's like, okay, now that you've done what I've made you do, you can perform in the Battle of the Bands. <laughs> it's amazing. 
And then at the Battle that's, of the Bands, that's a word for it. It's a battle of two bands, which is not what I usually think of Battle of the Bands to be, unless it's Lemonade Mouth and it's Lemonade Mouth versus Mudslide Crush. Oh my God, triggered again. I just remembered how last time you told me that Adam Scott suddenly got arrested for. Or I think that's his name, right, Adam Scott. Either no, way, Adam, Adam Scott's the Parks and Rec guy. Oh my God, <laughs> all these people look the same with the same names. I hate everything. Anyway. That cute little ginger from Lemonade Mouth who got arrested for uh, armed robbery. Or armed robbery, yeah. I Googled it when we were done. I was like, is this true or is Dan just mudslinging? And it was true, and I was sad. <laughs> I was like, oh. And then at the Battle of the Bands, it is only the Blues Brothers against the Louisiana Gator Boys. Um, who Which are has a, a lot of very cool uh, musicians. And they do. So- it's a... Supergroup, pretty much. They yeah, say my. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, um, they did Doctor John real dirty, mm-hmm. putting him in the back and not showing him except for like one line. Travis. I'm very upset. Travis Tritt is in that band. He's a country singer and songwriter. I don't know what he looks like, but I know some of his songs. Some other people who are in the band are Eric Clapton. What? Looks... Where? Who? Where? <laughs> he, he's he's the one who looks like he was. Go, about to go to Costco. Yeah. <laughs> in like the plaid shirt and glasses. Oh my god, wait, that's Eric Clapton? Uh-huh. I think I <clears throat> get him confused with somebody else. Probably. That doesn't, that doesn't surprise us, I think, at this point. Everybody knows <laughs> that I have, I think everybody looks the same, even though they don't. Um, My favorite lyrics from this performance was I buy you a $10 dinner, you say thanks for the snack. That's such a mood. But I'm the one who says thanks for the snack, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. That line had me dead. I was on the floor. I was like, and the movie. That was good. And then <laughs> it's like Battle yeah, of the Bands I was, is I was, over. I was also like, and the movie. <laughs> Other people in the band are Clarence Clemens, the saxophonist from the E Street Band. Uh, Bo Diddley. Isaac Hayes, who sings Shaft. B.B. <gasps> King. Also the voice of Chef on South Park. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just watched a couple episodes of... Well, I just watched a couple months ago in Quarantine Gage, and I started watching South Park because I'd never seen it before, and it was the only adult cartoon I had not at least watched. Well, of the popular ones that I'd not partaken in an episode of, so I gave it a shot. Mm. It was fine. Chef was my favorite for sure. Uh, there's also Paul Schaefer, who plays the keyboards, who, fun fact, he shaved his head for this movie and then decided to keep it. So oh, that's why that he was, was the bald for. Yeah. Huh. Um, and um, then Grover Washington Jr. And because I'm 197 years old, yes. my favorite member of the band, Steve Winwood, singer of Higher Love. Oh, wait, that song slaps. Yeah, he's the British guy who says they'll never amount to anything. Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, sometimes I listen to that song while I'm driving around in the summer because it makes me feel like I'm on vacation. um can i just say this band had like three keyboardists i do not think it needed that many keyboardists they They just 94 members needed all the celebrities that they could grab from every genre on the face of the earth i'm telling you my roommate said that they just saw eric clapton walking into a costco and they're like hey you want to be in this movie oh my god that's just like (laughs) they did a they did a george lucas han solo getting um harrison ford go upstairs Mm -hmm. to carpentry Hey, you, you're handsome. Come be in this movie. 
Similar, also, similar to how the band Dexy's Midnight Runners had 30 band members. Oh, God. Uh, the Louisiana Gator Boys have 30 band members. Wow, how very Chicago of them, too. This this movie, I, I, th- I may sound stupid in this, but this movie, uh, I learned that Eric Clapton is British. Did not mm-hmm. know he was British. I didn't either, but I think I was confusing him with James Taylor. I think is the, I don't like James Taylor though, but that's a whole separate issue. Suburban moms everywhere are quaking. Oh, my mom gets so mad. I think my mom considers disowning me every time I say that I think James Taylor is slimy. <laughs> Speaking of slimy, after they perform, it's time for the Blues Brothers to perform. Uh, but they are now snapped out of their voodoo haze. And they instead just perform a blues song. And it's fine. The song's fine. It was fun. There was a whole harmonica duet. Yeah, but also, like, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, Dan, why don't don't you finish? finish Okay. uh, They perform, and yay, everything goes well. They perform. But the show gets interrupted by the mafia and the... Confederates. Sorry, okay. right? Daryl Hammond does survive. Oh, oh, but before before you get into that, I was okay. I was talking. I was gonna be mad if the supergroup didn't win because their song was infinitely better. It was so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if they give this to the Blues Brothers, I'm gonna be so angry. Yeah, I, mean, I already am angry, and they I, didn't. So they did one thing right. I mean, something good's gotta happen when you've got that many successful singers and songwriters in a group, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you um, think it was all in all of their contracts? Like, do you think the Blues Brothers was supposed to win? But to get everybody on board, they were like, ah, crap, we have to change it so that way they win. Eric Clapton was like, yeah, you got me while I was in the middle of shopping for groceries at the Costco, but I'm only coming if you change the contract so that I win. I will not have my good name tarnished. <laughs> Dude, I'll Eric ha- Clapton looks like such a dweeb. <laughs> I'll be con- I've been confused with James Taylor for the last time. <laughs> Um, uh, then Queen Musette, uh, Little Miss Jackson, I don't, I forgot what the actress's name was. Erica Badu. Um, yeah, Erica Badu. Oh my God. Bada bing, bada boom. I um, the, ha- they get turned into rats. Yeah, um, the Confederate guy who's like, if you try any of that magic on me, I'll show you what for. And he, she, she just turns him into a rat. I was like, what What did you think you were going to do? Not turn into a rat? <laughs> it, it just resolves. Like, there's nothing. It's nothing. It's a nothing movie. I'm having an existential crisis oh of how nothing this movie is. Alex, don't hurt yourself. You look like you're going to have an ex- a brain aneurysm. I'm going to have an Give aneurysm. An aneurysm. I couldn't think of what I was going to say. I tried, almost said brain explosion. They're like, Speaking of a let's... brain aneurysm, do I know how, do I mean to get to the final plot point of the movie? I'm, hit <laughs> us, I'm gonna Dan. Scream. I'm going to scream. Hold Dan. it in, Alex. Hit us, the, Dan. The police are chasing them because they think that Elwood kidnapped Buster Brown. He low-key did. Which he did. That's, uh, he committed a crime. Um, so to get around this, they go, okay, why doesn't Buster kidnap Elwood? And then they drive away. That literally makes zero sense. A child cannot kidnap an adult. And then the it's movie called... just ends. It's they just kidnapping. smile at each other. It's well, a nothing movie that leads to nothing. Do you think they were trying to set it up for a third movie? And no. Then... Oh, oh. Absolutely not. <laughs> Alex lives in California. He could storm the grounds and be like, excuse me. 
I work at Universal. I yeah. work on the lot. I can I can say these things probably. <laughs> yes. This movie was nothing. It did nothing. It had no plot. It, I mean, the Blues Brothers kind of didn't really have one, but at least like there was an end goal. There yeah. was a thing they were working towards. This was just like, let's go here, let's go there, and then the movie ends. I it thought it was nothing. cute though. Like it was. It cool. does nothing. <laughs> I guess it's a nothing movie. <laughs> it's nothing. Oh it my wasted God. my time. It oh wasted all of our times. It was a nothing movie. I'm so angry right Alex now. Alex needs like a cool cloth to calm him down. Oh my god. I need a cookie. Oh my god. <laughs> Look, Look, I liked the storyline of Buster and Elwood becoming What storyline? Oh. There was no storyline. It was nothing. There I was thought nothing it... to do anything. They didn't do anything. <laughs> they, they, they just drove running. around. They drove around to a, a set that when they just redressed Every single time to make it look like it's a new place, but the layout's the same because it's the same <laughs> set and it's nothing. They do nothing. They go nowhere. They do nothing. They waste my time. Your blood pressure is through the roof right <laughs> my now. My blood pressure is already high. Oh, my God. I I just, I thought, like, you know, Elwood, he is become like a brother figure to Buster and I thought that It was doesn't weird. matter. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is nothing. You will forget about this movie. This uh, movie will stay in your brain for maybe another day and then slowly it's going to fall out and then you're going to be like, "Huh, I don't remember watching this movie when you go back and look at all the podcasts you recorded." And you it's because it's a nothing movie. So you're it saying- sucks that on Thursday when this is released I'm going to go when do we tr- when do we record this yeah you're going to be like I don't remember watching this movie because it's nothing it's a nothing movie oh god huh what's this movie I mean like I said it's not going to be in my top John Goodman films you know it's no monsters inc it shouldn't be in any John Goodman films because he's literally just a statue I wouldn't even say John Goodman's in this movie oh, he man. just stands there yeah okay the more I think about it I love him. I love John Goodman. He's on my list of favorite actors. He's just a name in this movie. They used him. He was used. No. Well, yeah, he was used in, like, the bad sense. He wasn't used. He wasn't utilized. No, they used him in the sense that they used his name to pull an audience. Oh, now I'm sad. He doesn't need my tears. He's richer than I'll ever be. But, like... Nothing movie. I think we can say safely that the Blues Brothers 2000 is no Flintstones. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god! I would I would ma- r- much rather watch the live action Flintstones movie than this god awful piece of trash. What is it like the 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 Simpsons? Oh my god! The Flintstones go to Rock Ve- Viva Rock Vegas. Yeah, but Viva that doesn't Rock have Vegas. anybody from the original live action because the live action one was bad. Mm-hmm. Gage and I went to a resale shop. Uh, a few months ago, and there was a Fred Flintstone live-action Viva Rock Vegas doll with John Goodman's head on it, and it was terrifying. 
Almost it wouldn't scarier. have been. It would have been. It would have been John Goodman though. John Goodman isn't in Viva Rock Vegas. Oh, whatever. What was the other Simpsons one? The first one, or not Simpsons? What is the wrong with me? Flintstones. It was one. just called the Flintstones. Yeah, oh, then that's the one it was from, not Viva Rock Vegas. I thought those were the same movie. Sorry. You bought it. You bought it though, right? No, I did not. I took a picture of it, just like I took a picture um, the time I went to a resale shop and found a Michael Jordan Space Jam cookie jar where you had to take Michael Jordan's whole head off to get to the cookies. <laughs> I I have a I have a signed picture of Orville Redenbacher that I got at an antique shop. Antique shops, friends, you should go to them. You yeah, could probably find a copy of Blue Th- Blues Brothers two thousand. You Blues could probably Brothers find, two thousand. Yeah, you could probably find like everything Blues Brothers two thousand because nobody wants that shit anymore. I think you could find John Landis at your local Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> Just like lurking in the clothing, pops his head out from a rack. Hello. Oh. From my rack? From a rack, <laughs> like of clothes. From the country? From the oh country my god. <laughs> uh, so some other random trivia about the movie. Uh, it made it into the Guinness Book of World's Records for the largest car pileup. Oh my god, I was gonna mention that. I was like, how many cars did they use in this movie? Sixty-three. That's excessive. That is excessive. I will also, say I did enjoy that scene. I thought it was very silly and stupid. It is silly yeah. and stupid and a waste of cars. But like the... after after a point, it just looked like a giant throwing matchbox cars. Like there was cars flying. Like I have no idea how they yeah. fucking launched that <laughs> shit. And I was like, all right, I, this is okay. This is fine. Mm-hmm. They had like a really big the... shot. <laughs> it held the record for most cars destroyed uh, at 104. Yeah. Uh, which is one Except more than was wrecked in the Blues Brothers originally. They wrecked really? 103 cars in the first one. It did not feel like they record. wrecked. It does not feel like they wrecked over 104 cars in that film. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't hold the record anymore. That was record was taken in 2009 by G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Ooh, Hell yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in that movie. Mm-hmm. Did it also Cobra. hold the record for being the most nothing movie that wastes Alex's time? Oh, my God. G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra? No, Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> they both do. Um, <laughs> the original plot was going to have Brother Z Blues, who is Jim Belushi, uh, but because Jim Belushi was cast in the ABC drama series Total Security, which I ran... I you were going to say according to Jim. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> The ABC series Total Security ran from September 27th to November 8th, 1997. They produced 13 episodes and aired six. Oh, they didn't even air their whole season? No, they did not. Hey, Dan, this has nothing to do with anything you just said, but now I need to know your opinion on it. Who do you think would win in a fight, Jim Belushi or Richard Karn? Mm. Richard Karn is um, Al from... Home Improvement, right? Yes, and uh, a host of, of uh, Family Food, yes. Wait, it would be Richard Karn just because I love him. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I would pick Richard Karn. He, he's nice on the outside. He's got that like nice Midwestern congenial vibe to him. But you know there's a body in his basement. Um, you I, know oh, he's killed someone. Oh, yeah. No, he definitely has a fire that he's just waiting to let loose. Yes. Wow. I can't believe you guys would ever disrespect Al like that. Um, He's low-key a daddy. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Second second question now. Now we're going to Family Feud hosts. Richard Karn or Louie Anderson? Who would win? Richard Dawson. 
<laughs> he just covered and killed both of them. The original host. He okay. was a military man. He would kill them with tactical efficiency. Oh, he'd I make it look like an accident. <laughs> I don't know. Louis Anderson, man, he I feel like he, he's got two skeletons to Richard Carton's one skeleton. Y'all Who not was even... the guy after Louis Anderson? Uh who was Elaine's boss on Seinfeld. I don't Oh, that guy. I don't know his name. But With the he white def- hair. he definitely yeah, he 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 hosted the home version of Family Feud that I had. Oh mm-hmm. he hosts the dog show. I can't think of his name, but he does. <laughs> and then was it Steve Harvey after him? Yes, so. it's John O'Hurley. Yeah, John O'Hurley. I Googled because I couldn't remember what Steve Harvey's last name was. I was there just was like, Steve with the mustache. I don't have any information. Was there any oh, other... Google, hang on. Don't talk, girl. Okay, was there sorry. any other Family Feud host between Richard Dawson and Karn? Yeah, there was one guy who hosted for four years, and then he... I have all the hosts up. ...got it's... fired, and then I think committed suicide. Ray Combs cool, and so... Louis Anderson. Ray Combs, right. yeah. Cool, so we're going to, instead of talking about this god-awful movie, we're going to rank the Family Feud hosts. Oh, Let's God. Do it. Okay. Richard Kern, number one, because I thought it was pronounced differently, but also, I love Al Borland. He is one of my favorite parts of Home Improvement after I'm, I'm Jonathan gonna, Taylor gonna, Thomas. Jonathan Taylor Thomas is the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is going to lead me to a second question after I say my um, hot take. I think that Steve Harvey is not that great of a family feud host. I agree. I think I think he plays into his persona too much, mm-hmm. and anytime something, anything out of the ordinary happens, he has to take like a five minute pause to like react to it. Yeah, and it just it just it slows the pacing of Family Feud. It's I like just... every every question is like we we asked a hundred people, what's one thing that a woman likes when a man does in bed? Answer, something sexual. Steve Harvey, dead eye stare into the camera for four minutes. <laughs> I love it. It gets me. I also think he looks like Mr. Potato Head, which is a plus. That's true. Uh, okay, so uh, Family Feud hosts. I think Louis Anderson is great in anything. Uh, Richard Card's pretty great. Richard Dawson is, is the OG, so we got to give him props for that. <laughs> but I don't like that he kissed everybody. That was kind of weird. That's creepy. Now... I'm going to say something a little controversial. Oh, no. I want Richard Dawson to kiss me right here, right now. He's been dead for nearly 20 years. Do you want to kiss a skeleton? We can do that. I want to kiss a skeleton. Let's just go back to the scene in in, um, Blues Brothers 2000. (laughs) Sorry, for a second I almost said Family Feud 2000. Don't know what that is. It was in 1998. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, um, but if we're ranking Family Feud hosts, I would go Richard Dawson, John O'Hurley, Richard Carn, Ray Combs, Louis Anderson, Steve Harvey. You think Ray Combs is better than Louis Anderson? That's Have you heresy. seen any Ray Combs? No. Family Feud? I think you That's... ranked Al Borland too low. He should be Third? number one. Yeah. Well, fight me. Okay. All right. Square Who would up. win in a fight? Who would win in a fight going back to... Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It's the fight of it's the fight of three first names. Jonathan Taylor Thomas versus Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> Jonathan even, Taylor Thomas. Don't come for me. He'd bite Chad Michael Murray's ankles and take him down. <laughs> <laughs>
This is much more enjoyable than talking about bad movies. Oh if my it's a god! Three first names. There's a third three first name person that you have to throw in there. Which one? Which um, Daniel Day Lewis. Ugh! He bore me to death. I'm not even in the fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> Ugh! No way. I don't like Daniel Day Lewis. That's another one that's controversial. I watched My Left Foot, and I. It was in a class. It was my summer reading class at Marquette. I had to get my last thing, and it was with a professor I really liked, my last credits. So I took Irish literature and playwrights, and it was really good, except for when we had to watch my left foot. I wanted to scrape my eyes out and just, ugh. All right, Philip Seymour Hoffman versus Jamie Lee Curtis. Who wins? Jamie Lee Curtis. She's a badass. Philip Seymour Hoffman. What? Do you see the absolute size of that man? Have you seen a single yogurt commercial, Dan? She's regular. <laughs> also, Phil Tiverhoffen is dead, so I don't know how that would how that would go. That's true. And and Jamie Lee Curtis, she is living. She's so regular that she's got time to do whatever she wants. All right. Anna and I, our plan for this Halloween is to go as Jamie Lee Curtis and a cup of Activia yogurt. Yes. Dude, you you're stealing you're stealing my my thing. When I got drunk uh one night, uh I told my roommate that we should go as Jamie Lee Curvis, Curtis and Sexy Activia. <gasps> Sexy Activia. I'm trying to think what that would look like. I think it's just a regular 362436 Activia. And then and then my my roommate gave me a, a a glass of water and I spit it out and said I'm Shamu. <laughs> what the? Oh my god! I have never I was been that drunk. drunk. You should try it sometime. It's fun. All right, Sarah Jessica Parker versus Sarah Michelle Geller. Sarah Jessica Parker. She's Sarah Michelle Geller. Sarah Michelle Geller was literally a superhero, wasn't she? She, she was Buffy. She was Buffy. Not to yeah. say anything rude, but I'm going to say she something slayed rude. Vampires. Sarah Jessica Parker looks way. She's tough. She's a tough lady. You have to be tough to put up with being called a horsewoman all the time. <laughs> all right, Sean William Scott versus Haley Joel Osment. Oh, Haley Joel Osment. Sean William Scott. Haley Joel Osment. Have you seen his like his his lumberjack beard? He really buffed He's, out and not like yeah. in a buff way, like in a he got large. That's yeah. so mean but of Sean, me to say. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean. Haley Joel oh, no, Osment, love... you're beautiful inside and out. Don't worry. Haley Joel Osment is like one of my favorite actors. Not he's a great he's actor. A good actor. I just, I just like him. Have you watched? But Sean what... William Scott has two ends. What? It's Sean. Oh God. Sean William Scott. So that extra end, he can take it off and just start beating you with. Oh God. Um, <laughs> have right. you guys? Oh, last thing <laughs> last I'm going to say. Have you guys watched um, what we do in the shadows, the TV show? Not the no. TV show, but I've seen the movie. Oh, Haley Joel Osment's in the TV show for an episode. Oh, my God. Now it. I need to watch. It's so good. It. Only for an uh, episode, but. I, one more. One more for you guys. Bryce Dallas Howard mm-hmm. versus Tommy Lee Jones. Bryce, Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard. Howard. <laughs> she outran dinosaurs in high heels. That's true. She That's also true. was a vampire for a while, and she's pretty. That has nothing to do with anything, but it's true. Tommy Lee Jones is pretty. I'd kiss Tommy Lee Jones on the mouth. Oh yeah, would you kiss Richard Dawson on the mouth? Yeah, coward. Wait, you I said, said yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Open okay. mouth kissing so, family feud hosts. Anyway, I mean, so based on the fact that we're now talking about open mouth kissing family feud hosts, I think you can tell that we're done with this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yes. movie. The Blues Brothers. Um, I went on my. I want to say. I raised my blood pressure. I'll say right now, 
I'd like to see a replacement of Buster with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that was the squeaky wheel that needed the grease. <laughs> they just yeah. replaced Buster with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. The movie Absolutely. <laughs> what a good What, what about John Goodman with Jonathan Taylor Thomas? No. No, nah, that would be John Chad Goodman. Michael Murray. <laughs> what if we replace everyone in Blues Brothers 2000 with somebody who has three names? <laughs> William Howard Taft. Oh my Jada God! Pinkett's... In his Jada bathtub, Smith would probably play the the voodoo. She would, yeah, mm-hmm. or the the dancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. The movie made fourteen million dollars. Yeah, it, that's about right. It was screened out of competition at Cannes. What? Right. <laughs> Okay, don't know how don't that know. got there. Um, yeah, Alex, out of five, five bads, exploding what do you cars. give this? Oh, okay. Yeah, out of five exploding cards, what do you give it? A zero because it's nothing, so it should be treated as such. Okay. Anna? Like a two? I like I thought you little... said you liked this movie. I did, but you guys bullied it. me into submission. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I liked it. I was going to give it a three and a half, and then I got scared, so I gave it a two. <laughs> Are you, what, you were scared I was going to yell at you again? Yes, Alex, I was. God, I'm trying to save whatever possible chance there is of a friendship. I'm so sorry. <laughs> nah, we're still friends. I'm just gonna oh, thank God. judge you. Oh, I'm gonna be bullied it. for the rest of my life because I this whole episode, people are gonna be like, "Oh, so you liked you liked Blues Brothers 2000, right?" Ooh, uh. so you, maybe you should consider talking to someone. And I'll be like, "No." They're gonna see you walking down the street and cross to the other side, so they don't catch whatever it is. I know. Anytime- I'm gonna be like, "That woman is sick." If you if you ever invite me on this podcast again, I think I'm only gonna pick movies that have a movie in the in the in the uh trilogy or sequels or whatever that has 2000 in the title so next time fantasia and fantasia 2000 there's the no time plot after to that, those movies that's cool and then the next time after that pokemon 2000 and all the other pokemon movies absolutely i would do that i cried so hard watching all i had one of those pokemon movies on vhs and i cried that was the first movie i ever cried to when ash gets turned to stone anyway <laughs> So yeah, I'd give this movie like a one out of five. The ones for the music. The music's good. Anything yeah. else is not very good. Yeah, I guess. My two is for John Goodman. He's a star. Literally. My zero is for the nothing that happens in this movie and wasting my damn time. <laughs> the existential crisis that it I w- caused. I, w- I will say that I did like fully expect the Blues Brothers car to fly away like the car at the end of Greece. So <sighs> I guess I was happy to not see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when it just ended, I got even more angry. That would have meant that Dan Aykroyd would have had to like be wearing leather if he was being kidnapped. He's obviously Sandy, and he'd have to be wearing like a full outfit that he was <laughs> sewn into. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, Buster turned him into, like, a gimp or something. No! Oh, my God, that is illegal. <laughs> that is a child. No, he, um... Like, you know, if they're going to be, like, at the end of Greece... <laughs> Obviously, he's the one that good, changed himself. Okay. This is a good note Come back next up. week when we watch the Blues Brothers 3000 with Buster and Gimp Elwood Blue. Ew. Oh, God. Now I'm thinking about American Horror Story. Let's leave this. I'm scared. Okay. 
Alex, thank you for being here for the past two episodes. It was this my pleasure. Fun. I'm glad to have given you joy in the first episode and torture in the second. <laughs> Um, do you want people to find you on the internet or are you good? Uh, I mean, like I said before, check out my Twitter. I post funny things sometimes. At least I think they're funny. Sometimes people <laughs> don't think they're funny, but I, I think I'm a, I'm a hoot. I'm a hoot and a half. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dan O'Keefe 86. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at in, and in conclusion, you can find the show on Instagram and Facebook at In Conclusion Podcast. If you want to send us an email, we have an email address. Oh! Inconclusionpod at gmail.com. If you just want to say hi or ask us a question, we'll answer Or tell it. me Why that not? you like my jokes, because my mom told me that she doesn't really like my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, you always apologize after your jokes. Why? They're not necessarily funny. I was like, Wow! <laughs> <laughs> she didn't mean to roast me, but she did. She's going to listen to this and be like, now I sound mean. You're not mean, Mom. You just Pro- <laughs> roast me. probably because you don't like James Taylor. Probably. <laughs> she probably is like, I'm disowning my daughter for this. Anytime she could, like, sort of give you a backhanded compliment, like, she's going to do that. <laughs> That's why. Oh, I could, never, I could never say jokes like that. But they work for you. Yeah. They work for you, Anna. No, I love my mom, but she's the queen of roasts. Low-key, high-key, she is the queen of roasts. <laughs> Well, then, where can you find the princess of roast? That's me. Um, I'm on Instagram at AtomusPrime818, and I'm on Twitter at, at AutobotsRollOut, capital O for auto, capital B for bots, capital R for roll, and the zero or the O in roll and the O and out are zeros. Oh, beautiful. That wasn't as smooth as it usually is. Join us next week. We don't have any guests lined up. We might have a special guest. I don't know. Um But we'll be talking about the wonderful time-traveling film, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, right up until we will be doing a very, very timely episode because Bill and Ted Face the Music come out September 1st, and we should have an episode about that on the 3rd of September. So get excited for that. I'm already excited because I've never seen Bill and Ted. Y'all should just instead watch Time Bandits. It has the best (laughs) ending to any movie I've ever seen, ever. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I want to see Bill and Ted because I've never seen them at all. And the guy who plays Ted? No, Bill? Which one's not Keanu Reeves? Alex, Alex Winter. Winter. He's low-key cute in the first two, so I'm ready for that. He directed the Smosh movie. Really? Weird flex. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we'll be back next week with some more fun here on In Conclusion. Uh, Stay safe. Have fun. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See you later. (laughs) 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 Can I stop recording? Remember that time when I was like, maybe Alex and I will be friends after, you know, meeting for the first time to talk about his favorite movie? Then, wrong.